What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. It's December 3, 2021, and this is Lift and Learn episode 64. In this episode, I'll be talking about if females and males should train differently. Spoiler alert, no, they should actually train pretty much the same, and I'll tell you why during that part of the episode. And the second fitness topic for today, I'll tell you how you can make progress all the time when you're in the gym. Before that though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at liftandlearnpodcast on Twitter at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. All right. Well, I hope your Thursday went a lot better than mine. Mine was pretty crappy, honestly. And actually, I already changed the podcast rating to explicit, so this is no longer a clean podcast. So yeah, my day, it was pretty shitty actually. Man, so I was on my way to the gym, and when I exited the highway, I start hearing the sound from my car. It sounded like it was coming from the trunk or somewhere in that area. So, lowered my music to listen to whatever it was, and this like thudding noise, it was quicker when I drive faster, and it would slow down when I was driving slower, so... I figured I had something in my tire, so when I was going faster, it was like, do, 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 and then, (laughs) and then when I was slower, it was like, do, 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 anyways, after a while, I just figured there was probably a nail in my tire, it's the only logical thing I could think of, and I was right. As soon as I got to the gym parking lot, took a look at the rear right tire, So the passenger side uh, in the back, yeah, that tire, yeah, there was like some big ass nail coming out of the tire, but there was like no air leaking, uh, so it wasn't really concerning, so I just left it, and when I got back, the tire wasn't flat or anything, so at least that was a good thing, I guess. So I worked at the gym for a bit, and then headed over to a good old Canadian tire near me, like a true Canadian should, right? Drove all the way there with my hazards on, and then they tell me that the inspection is $10 and $40 to patch it up or whatever, right? I figured, okay, perfect. I went in I went into the shop expecting to pay around $100 because you never know with these kind of things. Labor fees are just stupid when it comes to car-related things. But whatever, less than $100, I'm fine with that. So, it turns out... <laughs> After they inspected my tires, there was actually two nails in my tires, and they showed me. So it was the rear right tire, which I saw already, and also the front driver's side too. And man, I wish I had a picture of these nails. They were pretty big in the tires, so 
Conveniently, as I roll my eyes over here, they were too big to patch up, according to them. Just awesome, I thought. And I was trying to figure out, like, where I could have possibly gotten these nails from. And I honestly, I have no idea. I just drove on the highway. I mean, I guess I was behind this truck at one point, but honestly, man, I have no idea how this even happened. So anyways, the solution now at this point is to replace both tires. Yeah, obviously, but I don't know if that would throw off the balance or the grip of the car with all of these mismatched tires. I already had Blizzax on there, and then uh, this Canadian tire only had Michelin, I think they were like X-Ice or something. I don't know, man. I miss my Nokia and Hecapolitas on my old car, but oh well. So yeah, I had to replace all four tires because of this nail issue. Oh my god, so couldn't even work there for a few hours, so I had to cancel my nighttime clients because of all this. Plus, I didn't have my laptop on me, so I couldn't really work online even if I wanted to. So that basically wasted like three hours of my day this afternoon, which sucked, but whatever, at least it's done now. Luckily, by the time I got home, I already made dinner the day before, so yesterday, so I didn't have to make dinner and use up even more of the time that I had today. I probably should have just gotten donuts at the Krispy Kreme across the street of that Canadian Tire, but I already spent over $1,000 to buy and change the damn tires, so I didn't feel like it was right to spend another $10 on donuts because I was already pissed, but... Maybe I should have, honestly. So yeah, missed opportunity there. Instead, got home, had some salmon, broccoli, rice. I was already so hungry at that point. All I had to do was steam the broccoli, so that didn't take too long. And had some mint chocolate chip ice cream after from Baskin Robbins. Honestly, I just had to enjoy myself after the day I had. Even though, yeah, that goes against what I've been saying on here about don't eat too close to bedtime or at night, and if you do, don't have sugary, highly processed foods. Well, you know what? Sometimes it's okay. Nobody's perfect. Definitely not me. But the thing is, you need to be mindful about it, be aware of your habits, don't go too crazy. I probably had like one-eighth of this small carton, not even half a pint Plus, I already hit my protein goal for today, so at least that's good. As long as you don't make it a daily habit, then you, I mean, you should be okay. One off day isn't going to instantly make you fat. Once in a while, it's fine to break the rules a little bit, but just be aware if it starts to become a daily thing, that's when it could be a problem. Anyways, on to more positive news. I just needed to get all of that off my chest, so everything's okay now. My day was going well up to that point, and that's because my training is going super well this week, and especially today. If you follow me on Instagram, at Isaiah.Copon, you might have already seen it. The bench press is better than it ever has been, I'm pretty sure. Plus the shoulders holding up, which is really all that matters at the end of the day. But I did manage to hit a 285 bench for three sets of five today. With no spot, so that was pretty unexpected actually. Because earlier this week, I think it was Monday now, I was working out in the morning, and that was before 6am, and I hit 280 bench on that day, 
But on my second set, I wasn't feeling too confident with the way it was moving. So for the last set, I actually asked for a spot. And that was the first time I did that for a while at the gym. I just wasn't able to... Sh I wasn't sure if I'd be able to do it. There you go. So I told the guy, I want five reps, but realistically, I'll probably get more like three reps. So with a good lift off from that guy, I was actually able to get my five reps without any help, but it's good that I asked just in case. I'm starting to get to that point now where I'm not sure if the weight is going to go up on some days. It's kind of scary. But today, 285 just flew up, went pretty well. There was some struggle towards the end there, but I knew I had it. I do notice that I am a bit stronger on days where I work out around 8 to 10 a.m. That's probably because I had more sleep and more to eat. So when I work out really early in the morning, I usually just have my blueberries and Greek yogurt, which actually does give me a decent amount of energy, but compared to having a real breakfast like I had this morning eggs and rice with some chocolate milk yeah i'm definitely stronger on those days because yeah more sleep and more time to eat a bigger meal other than that the usual suspects squat and deadlift are feeling good nothing really notable there this week rowing went pretty well i think i did t-bar rows today as my main movement and that was 115 for like six reps or something and OHP, overhead press, the other day, that was pretty smooth. 135 for 6 reps. I could probably start going up on that one. I'll probably add a rep or two to that one first before I start adding weight. That's still a good sign of progression, which I'll dive deeper into in topic 2 later on in the episode. So, moving on from that and over onto sports, let's go hockey first, since I just finished watching some games, or at least I had them on in the background. Let's talk about the home team first, and that's the Toronto Maple Leafs. They had an amazing month of November. I think I read that in November they went 12-2, and and that was their most winningest month in franchise history, so... However long the Leafs have been around, what's it been now, 150 years or something? This is the first time they've won 12 games in a calendar month. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Boys are on a run right now. The hype is at an all-time high, especially since they dominated Colorado earlier this week. I think that was like 8-3 to three or something. But we already know that the Leafs do pretty well during the season. Their problems are when the playoffs come around. So we'll see if those big scores show up then because it looks like they're going to be cruising for the rest of the season. Even though we're only 25% of the way through, they're having a good season so far after a slow start, which had everyone in the media panicking a little bit there. And I'm recording this podcast after my crazy day, but it was made a little bit better just now by the Blackhawks tonight. They just beat Washington, which is one of the better teams in the league. Good comeback by the boys in the third period there, and they end up winning in a shootout. They battled all game for that win, but honestly, there was some luck involved there. Capitals like hit multiple posts, so Flurry was rubbing the post for good luck all game. Pause. But yeah, Patrick Kane with the slick mitts to score the shootout winner there. Good to see. 
but they still need to go on a real winning streak to get back into the playoff picture. And I'll just quickly talk about baseball and the Rona before moving on to the fitness topics for the week. So there are some Blue Jays players who have now left the team, either chasing money or championships, maybe a little bit of both. Marcus Simeon is headed to the Rangers, and I almost said New York Rangers there, but he's going to the Texas Rangers since this is baseball and not hockey. It's sad to see him go, but he bet on himself signing that one-year contract with the Jays last year, and it paid off big time. Plus, our Cy Young winner, Robbie Ray, he's gone too. He's going to the Seattle Mariners. So there you go, two players gone from the Jays already. That's all I heard player movement-wise from the league because I don't really pay uh, that much attention to baseball in the first place. But I did hear that they're actually going to have a lockdown or something this year. Or, sorry, not lockdown, lockout. I don't know if this will creep into the season, and I don't know what exactly it's about, but, geez, some of these baseball players make so much damn money. I mean, I understand it all, but seeing some of these $100 million contracts are just insane. There's so many of them now. So with this lockdown, sorry, freaking, why do I keep saying lockdown? See, I'm getting confused with Corona. So with this lockout, okay... The players can no longer work with the team's physical therapist now. So I heard this one guy, I don't really recognize the player name, but he's fresh off some surgery and apparently he's looking at ways he can do the physical therapy by himself. That's an interesting dilemma to be in. So yeah, that kind of sucks. He can't work with the team's physical therapist now with this lockout. So, I mean, he has the money to find another one. But you never know if you can trust the next person that you choose. And that's a possibility for these athletes since they've always relied on the team's physical therapist to get through injuries or whatever rehab process that they need to go through. So that is probably a tough situation to be in when you've created that trust with the organization already. And last but not least, it looks like COVID news is back on the scene today. Yeah, you probably heard of the Omicron variant or whatever. I'm not sure if it's more deadly, but it does seem like it's spreading quicker these days, probably due to a bunch of factors with the, I don't know, virus mutating and the weather getting colder as well. The amount of like athletes getting COVID or missing games due to COVID protocols are actually starting to increase, I think. I mean, Ottawa had to postpone a few games. Uh, The New York Islanders had to do the same thing. There was even a scare where LeBron actually missed the game due to some positive tests. But he was cleared a day or two later and is going to play Friday night versus the Clippers. And I did just read that Germany is actually going back into lockdown. But only for the unvaccinated people. Oh god, this one's going to make the unvaccinated crowd go crazy. Even though I feel like this is already what's happening here in Ontario, Canada already. You already can't sit down in restaurants, like indoors, or get into gyms without showing your vaccination status. At least most of the time they check. But when I was actually reading a bit deeper into it, In Germany, you actually lose your vaccination status nine months after your last shot. 
that part there had me a little bit worried because that's obviously being done to try to increase how many people get the booster shot and any other shots going forward. I mean, I hope something like that doesn't happen over here, man. I mean, I don't want to have to get a shot every nine months or something until the end of time or whenever this really does go away, which seems like that won't happen because even with 90% of the public vaccinated, people are still getting it. And yeah, it's kind of scary to think about, especially since the possible long-term effects of COVID are pretty real. And that's a problem that most of us don't want to have to deal with. Question one, should women train differently from men? All right, the good old question on if females should be working out differently than males. I feel like this one might shock some people, but basically the short answer here is that women and men can actually train pretty similarly. We can all generally train the same way. There's probably some women listening to this right now thinking I'm crazy because they don't want to end up looking too big, like lifting with weights is going to all of a sudden make you look like some centaur woman or looking like some muscular bodybuilder or something. There is still that fear that women have where lifting weights will have them looking like someone ready to step on stage at the Olympia, but in reality, it's going to take you years of hardcore training along with top-of-the-line genetics to get to a point where you're too muscular. And that's just how it is, especially if we're taking hormones into account. So let me backtrack a bit now. Okay, so females who are looking to achieve their goals of losing body fat or getting leaner or that toned look, again, that just means you want to lean out a little bit and gain a little bit of muscle to give you a nice structure to your body. In that case, you should be centering your workouts, or your focus should be on the five main compound lifts, so that's where you're working your body evenly. That means your programming should include squats and deadlifts, but also bench press, some row movement, along with an overhead shoulder movement. Those are the most effective exercises you can do for building your muscles all throughout your body. So yeah, you should be working the body pretty evenly by lifting weights if you're capable of doing that. But if you are a female, then here's where your training can be a little bit different from what the males are doing. And that's because of the differences in terms of your goals. Usually for guys, the focus is more on the upper body. So maybe the chest or shoulders, or maybe every day is arm day. But I think the trend is that Females usually want a nicer looking body overall, but there seems to be more of a focus with the lower body, especially if they're trying to grow the glutes, which is pretty common in today's world. So let's say we have a male working out Monday to Friday. So five days a week, for example, he might do something like three upper body days and two lower body days. Meanwhile, we have a female who's also going to do the same thing, working out Monday to Friday, five days a week. She'd also lift weights and work out, but maybe her routine is flipped. So she might want to do three lower body days and two upper body days instead. Again, tailored towards whatever goals this person has, because like I said, most females are focused on building the lower body. So, alright, you already nailed this part of your workout programming, then maybe you're still thinking, 
I don't want to get huge and muscular and bulky. Trust me, that's not going to happen overnight. You're not just going to hit the gym a few times and all of a sudden wake up one day and think to yourself that you have so much muscle and it looks ugly or something. Simply put, women just don't have the testosterone. That's the hormone responsible for the amount of muscle you can gain. They just don't have the hormones to get freakishly huge. I mean, unless you're purposely trying to get freakishly huge, and in that case you need top-tier genetics, years of dedication and commitment, and probably a little bit of drugs and anabolics. For natural lifters, just work hard at uh, just work as hard as you can in the gym, eat right, and sleep well. You can do that for years and still not be some mass monster, regardless if you're female or male, and this is backed by science. So, because the goals between a female and a male may be different, there are some exercises that are more common for a female to do. It's more common for a female to do exercises like hip thrusts, which target and isolate the glutes specifically, or maybe even something like good mornings, which target your lower body's uh, posterior chain. But there aren't really any exercises specific to only one gender. It's all about equality, baby. So the exercise you're doing should just be tailored to whatever goals you have. If you're a female, lifting weights is still super important when it comes to leaning out, gaining muscle, and gaining confidence within yourself. Now, in terms of rep schemes, for my female clients, I do tend to work with higher reps. Anywhere from 5 to 15 reps is where we usually stay when it comes to building muscle. I usually don't like to spend too much time doing sets under 5 reps for my female clients because unless you're a really experienced female and have actual goals to lift in a powerlifting meet already, I don't think it's really necessary to do sets of 1 to 3 reps at all. Like, I haven't really prescribed a female client of mine to do three reps of a certain exercise to a high intensity because it doesn't really seem that necessary. But on the other side of things, I do have some male clients who do some sets of three. It's not a huge part of the training, but it's in there sometimes. Again, this one generally depends on experience level mainly. I won't have a 50-year-old regardless of gender, do many sets where they're pushing themselves to some three-rep max effort in some exercises. It just doesn't make sense. So again, females and males should generally be working in a 5 to 15 rep range for most of their movements. When you do more than that 20 rep mark, you might not be stimulating as much muscle and it becomes more endurance training than anything else. Now, there are some slight differences when it comes to training, according to some studies. Yes, men are generally stronger than females, but it seems like females do have their own advantages, like the ability to actually endure tougher workouts, and that could mean shorter rest times, they can get away with that, and females could actually deal with more frequency, so they could actually potentially work out more often than males because of their ability to recover a bit faster than males according to some studies. I believe that's because of certain hormones like estrogen which actually prevents muscles from breaking down too much which helps with recovery but also limits the amount of muscles that females can gain. Not only that but females can actually tolerate more workout volume too so 
you might notice that as well. I do have some female clients who just, honestly, they look like they could just keep working out forever with no stopping, but it's good to just keep them in line and have them work harder over time as opposed to pushing them to the red line every single session. You should see more progress steadily as opposed to just going all out every single session. So yes, generally females and males should be training the same way, but keep in mind that females, y'all have to deal with your period every month. So that could affect your training due to your energy levels and the way you're feeling on a day-to-day basis. So that's something to keep in mind and take into account. Luckily for us guys, we don't have to deal with stuff like that. Certainly not every single month. So cheers to the ladies out there. Keep working hard. Generally speaking, my female clients, I do notice that they're slightly weaker when it is that time of the month. So that's a time where you want to just go into the gym and practice the movements. You probably don't want to be going for a PR or something on those days, but it's going to be different depending on who you are. That's something where you have to listen to your body and adjust the intensity as needed. So... The final point as to why females should be training like males is because of the muscle you gain from lifting weights or resistance training. When people come up to me and ask for training, the usual goal is weight loss. And that's because they might be walking around heavier than they want to and they want to get back to where they're feeling good, maybe even back to their old high school body weight. And I just smile and nod like, all right, that sounds great. And they usually just think that restricting calories like crazy and doing a a ton of cardio is the ideal way to get there, when that's actually the opposite of what you need to be doing if we're talking about sustainability or when it comes to maintaining a healthy weight over a long amount of time. You could initially lose weight doing those things, restricting food and a ton of cardio, but are you realistically going to do that every single day? I doubt it. And this is the magic of resistance training and why females need to be doing it. I can't even count the amount of times where me and a female uh, client have been working on a resistance training program for a few months, and then they start to tell me, hey, wait a second, I didn't lose weight on the scale. I'm actually a bit heavier than my goal weight, but I actually look better now or I feel better now, or I have more confidence than I have ever. So how is that possible? I think you know the answer here. It's how much muscle they've managed to put on over the few months or years that we've been working together. Again, muscle weighs more than fat. It's more dense and compact to your body. So the way it appears on your body is way different than the way fat looks. So your goal might have been to hit 120 pounds on the scale, but If you step on the scale at 130 pounds, 10 pounds more, but you've actually been resistance training for a few months or a year, you might notice yourself to be leaner and have even more confidence because of that muscle you've gained and the body fat you've shaved off. And on top of all of that, you might be eating more than ever and not even moving the scale at all. And that's because of the metabolism boosting effects that building muscle gives you. So if you're a female looking to lean out, cut the cardio, stop restricting yourself from eating, it's time to focus on a good resistance training program and upping your protein intake so that you'll gain more muscle 
Focus your workouts around the big compound movements. You're not going to get overly jacked by lifting weights a few times a week. It's just not going to happen genetically and hormonally. But what you will notice over time, you're going to be leaning out, gaining muscle and confidence. And weight management just becomes that much easier without the need of doing endless amounts of cardio. Question two. How to make progress all the time. This one's a little bit complicated and there's a ton of ways to answer this one, but I have some key points to go over for this. So how exactly can we make progress all the time or I guess as much as possible? Like I said, there's a lot of ways, but a pretty simple one and the one most people will go to when we're talking about gym progress, strength. And when I say strength, I mean how much weight is on the bar. If you're adding more weight, then it's a sure sign that you're getting stronger and making progress as long as your form is the same. Now, you can always add strength and shorten your range of motion or do half reps, but that's obviously not going to be very effective when it comes to building muscle or gaining strength since you're making it easier for yourself by shortening your range of motion. So form over everything. Make sure that's solid first before increasing weight. You don't want to be one of those guys loading up three plates on squats, getting yourself hyped up for your set, and then unracking the weight and bending your knees slightly, and then you tell yourself that you nailed it. Yeah, you don't want to be that guy. Another way to make progress is to simply just do more reps with the weight that you're doing. It doesn't always need to be about adding weight to the bar. If you're doing a 225 squat for five reps one week, if you can do six the next session or the next week or whatever, then you're making progress. Again, you don't need to add weight. Adding reps per set is also a way to keep making progress and keep giving you that motivation that you are still getting stronger and getting better. And similar to increasing reps, you can even just increase the amount of sets you're doing. If you're bench pressing 185 uh, pounds for five reps for three sets, adding another set there, so doing four sets of the same weight, that equals more volume than you're currently doing, and that could lead to more micro tears in the muscle, which is a natural thing that happens when you work out. Then all you need to do is eat and recover from that properly. So yeah, adding sets is a great way to make progress. This also works if you're looking at your workouts from a weekly perspective. The studies say that 9 to 20 weekly working sets of every single body part is ideal when it comes to muscle growth and progress. So if you're doing 9 sets of chest per week and you feel like you're stalling on progress there, then look at your programming and add some sets to your chest throughout the week. That could just mean one extra set per day. That'll be enough to maybe do 12 to 15 sets of chest per week, which could, again, stimulate more growth with whatever art, uh, whatever area sorry, you're targeting. So one uh, method that often gets overlooked when it comes to making progress is improving your form with a certain weight. Going back to the squat here, that's the example I'll go with. If you're doing 135 pounds on squat and you notice that when you're going down in the squat, the eccentric or the negative phase 
So when you're going down, you're just going to parallel and then back up. And that's pretty good. But like I said, you can improve your form to make progress too. So if we take that same weight, 135 on squat, and manage to get slightly lower at the bottom of the squat, maybe an extra inch or two lower at the bottom of the movement, slightly more depth, again, you've made progress. You're moving the same weight with more range of motion, which equals more muscle damage and growth after you recover. And when it comes to form, we can also kind of tie in changing up your tempo here in order to make more progress. We'll use the same example, the squat at 135 pounds. So yes, you can get lower in the squat to improve the amount of gains. And another method that you can try is slowing down the movement. So that means when you're going down in the squat, Maybe give yourself a three second count on the way down as opposed to your normal tempo where it might only take you one second to get all the way down in the squat. So going slower during the negative phase of any exercise is going to equal more tension on your muscles, which forces them to work harder. Again, more gains there. This is something you'll rarely see being done in the gym, so... Try it out if you want to, but you will have to lighten the weight in most cases. Trying a tempo where you lower the weight for 3 seconds, then even throwing in a 1 second pause at the bottom with a 1 second explosion up and out of the squat, those are going to be pretty taxing if you've never done it before. Like I said, it's not all about the weight you're moving. Form is more important than that, so make sure that's in check before anything else. If you're using the same weight, but after one of those uh, things that you do, like getting more range of motion or slowing down the tempo of this movement, then you've gotten stronger. Another important one that gets overlooked when it comes to constantly making progress is injuries. Avoiding injuries plays a huge role in all of this. If you're focused on being in shape or being healthy for a long amount of time, and if you're focused on making progress in the gym, whether that be strength or whatever, this is an important area to focus on. Alright, but before we really dive into injuries, let's just talk about setbacks that can happen over time. These are normal, and it's okay. If you're tracking your progress, and you see that it's been trending up for a long time, it's normal for a day or two somewhere in there for you to be slightly weaker than you are. This can usually happen if you've been super consistent and hitting goals and making gains for like a few weeks or months. Maybe you've done that straight. This could mean you're in that overtraining category. And if you have been consistent for a few months in a row, it could be time to take a deload week or have a few deload days or just days where you're going lighter than usual. I mean, this is real life here. You can't just make progress every single time. It's probably not going to happen. It might not be that you didn't get stronger, but it could just be an outside factor that could be a problem. That could mean not enough sleep or not enough food and recovery that could have thrown off your workout for a day. And that's fine. It happens. Progress is going to be a little bit up and down, but it should generally be headed in a positive direction if you look at your progress from a monthly standpoint. So that's a minor setback that could happen with training, and that's okay. Give yourself some time to recover, and you'll be fine in a week or a few days, whatever. 
But more seriously, something that could really stop progress or progress in the entirely wrong direction, which could be injuries. This kind of ties into that overtraining aspect, because if you ignore the signs for too long, if you keep pushing yourself even though your body is telling you otherwise, this is when you really need to be careful because this is what could put your progress on hold for a long time. If you're overtraining and constantly pushing yourself, this could lead to more serious injuries. That being said, injuries could happen and we need to try to avoid these as best as we can because if you get an injury, you're sure to be progressing in the wrong direction and if it's a serious injury, that could hinder your progress for months because of that healing and rehab process and then you have to build that strength back up to where it was before, that could cost you months or even a year of progress. Which again, you just have to accept and move forward. But we try to avoid these by throwing in those mobility days. And if you're super consistent, like I said earlier, some deload days help along the way as well. Major injuries from the gym are pretty rare. So it could be time to take a look at any uh, extracurricular activities you might be doing. This could be where the injuries occur. I know all about that one firsthand. Injuries to my thumb and multiple injuries to my ankles over the years from basketball. Um, playing around on a bouncy castle obstacle course thing, which led to my shoulder injury earlier this year. You just need to be aware of these things. I don't mean to stop all of these activities completely, especially if they're fun for you. But it's a real risk when it comes to playing sports, especially if they're high contact ones. Something that could help with preventing injuries so that you can make progress all the time or as much as possible. That's incorporating some kind of stretching or mobility drills and exercises so that you can overcome any nagging little issues you may have, which could turn into big problems if you don't fix the root cause of the issue, uh, root cause of the problem. You might be making progress now, but Eventually, you might hit a plateau if that problem area starts to interfere with some of those movements you need to do. Ignoring the problem could only make it worse. You can't just get around these issues by throwing more weight on the bar. That just contributes more to the problem and probably makes it worse. I uh, currently have a client who is just constantly getting stuck and plateauing on her squat performance. As soon as we'd get to around 95 pounds on the squat, this client would start to experience a slight, uh, slight pain in her glute. Now, me as a younger trainer would have just been like, ah, don't worry about it. Just push through. You'll get stronger. Don't even worry about it at all. Yeah, I wish I could slap my old self. Now, my approach is much more different. We had to back off the squats for a bit. We worked on the pain area in her glute. We would roll it out with a foam roller, maybe a lacrosse ball as well. But in terms of mobility, we worked on that hip and ankle and knee mobility. And after a while, she's able to move more freely. Something that helped her um, when it came to the workout, she noticed that leg swings actually helped relieve some of the issue. So backing off for a bit, we were able to easily get past 95 pounds on the squat now that's a warm-up for her. So those mobility drills really helped improve her squat form and depth, 
which meant more muscle recruitment, and that meant we're able to continue making progress in any kind of lower body movement. And now she does everything without any pain that bothers her. So now, sky's the limit for her. I think we're now closer to a 135-pound squad instead of being stuck at 95 pounds constantly. We've had to back off the weight multiple times, and then when we get up back up to 95 pounds, the issue just flares up again. But issue has been fixed so far. So now, yeah, she's nearing that 135-pound mark ever, and she feels better than ever. All right, so let's do a quick recap before I finish up this question. So how to make progress as much as possible. Some easy ways are to add more weight to the bar, do more reps per set, do more sets throughout the week for a certain body part. You can improve your form. That's probably the most important aspect here. By improving your form, that could mean increasing your range of motion or slowing down the tempo of your exercises. And avoiding injuries by doing mobility drills is another great one because you don't want your injuries to become major ones where you're spending most of the year recovering and being away from the gym. So next up, we got to make sure that your programming is solid at all times. If you've been doing your regular rep range for a long time, switch it up. For me, I usually tend to fall in a three to eight rep range. So I know that when I see myself doing my reps too often in that range, that's when I might need to work more in a different rep range. So maybe an 8 to 12 one would work better. And I'm going to be doing that soon because, like I said, I do tend to gravitate towards that lower rep range naturally. So just be sure to switch things up every now and then. And that kind of keeps the body guessing. And it doesn't just adapt to the only rep range that you do all the time. There are certain benefits in all different types of rep ranges, and you'll build muscle in any rep range, basically. So every few weeks or months, it's good to switch it up. That'll ensure that you're making progress there. And the last major one I'll go through is thinking about your next workout, and not just the one you're currently doing. Also, thinking about the next set, not just going all out during the set you're currently doing. So if you have to bench press 80 pounds for three sets, let's say, don't just do eight reps on the first one with an RPE of 10 or like max effort, because what's likely going to happen is that the amount of rest time in between sets isn't going to be enough to recover. That could mean, yeah, you did eight reps on the first set, but now the other two sets, you get six reps and then maybe three reps on the last set. So that would be 17 reps total there. Now, if we're thinking about the next sets instead, it would have been smarter to just do six reps for all three sets, meaning you would have done 18 reps. Again, more volume there if you pace yourself and think about the other sets that you still need to do. And that's the same thing when I talk about thinking about the next workout as well. You might not want to have a huge leg day because you're, or sorry, you don't want to have to do a huge leg day where you're doing six different exercises all in one day because you might not be able to recover for your next leg day, which could be two or three days from now. Those are small things to think about as well when it comes to seeing progress. Of course, what you're doing outside of the gym matters too. You can't just expend to 
you can't just expect, sorry, to spend a few hours at the gym per week and achieve whatever health goals you have. Yes, they help tremendously, but you might have heard things like how rest is super important and how you can't out-train a bad diet. Those are both pretty true, I think. So try to get a good night of sleep. Six to nine hours is usually recommended, so find what works for you within that range. I think most people do need to sleep more and have a higher sleep quality, so that might mean turning um, electronics off earlier, which I won't be able to do since it's almost midnight right now as I finish up this episode. But yeah, generally, most people need to sleep more and probably be more mindful about turning off electronics earlier before bed so that you can get into uh, deeper sleep a little bit quicker at night, which could make a huge difference as to how you're feeling during the day. And also, whatever you're eating is important when it comes to constantly making progress. Make sure you're eating enough protein to gain muscle Try to inch it up slowly, up to your body weight in grams of protein. If you're 150 pounds, try to get at least 100 grams of protein. The closer to uh, 150 grams of protein, if you're a 150 pound individual, the better. So there you go. Alright, we finally made it to the end. So in terms of progress, there's a few things you could do. Eat and sleep better. Try your best to not get injured and make sure that you're doing things in the gym that help you progressively overload. That means adding weights or reps or sets throughout your workouts. Do all that, but make sure that your form is as close to perfect as possible. And you can do that by practicing more often, doing mobility drills so that you don't lose certain abilities like reaching over your head, or twisting at the hips, or getting into a deep squat position. Doing a bunch of these things will ensure that you're making progress constantly, so good luck on your journey. And I will see you next week because that concludes episode 64 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.